Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson, and today in our study of Psalm 42 and 43, we are going to be looking at the fact that there is hope in darkness. So today's readings are coming from the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible. I encourage you to follow along as we study. So, last time we talked about you know, some context to these psalms, that they are one psalm, Psalm 42 and 43 were originally written as one psalm. It's a psalm of lament, but it's also a psalm of hope, as we're going to see today. But we also see that suffering is promised to Christians, to God's people. So today, we see that there is hope in darkness. That's our first point today. There's hope in darkness. This psalm of lament It is a psalm of hope as well, and quite explicitly so. The psalmist repeats the chorus of hope in God several times throughout this psalm, twice in chapter 42 and once in chapter 43. The first thing that must be said is that there is hope in darkness. Look at the refrain. It says, Why, my soul, are you so dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Savior and my God. So we see there that the psalmist understands that hope in God is incredibly important in darkness. We talked about the circumstances of this writing and that the circumstances of this writing would have been someone who's in captivity, who's separated from God's people. And this hope It's really astounding. This hope, though, it's not for everyone, though. This is really important. This psalmist has, the psalmist, he has hope because he hopes in God. And this hope is not on his own terms. Let me say this again. This hope is not on his own terms. According to a December 23rd Gallup poll, 69% of Americans self-identify as Christian. So it's not an understatement to say that a majority of Americans would claim to hope in God. With that being said, most Americans do not hope in God the way he says to. Hoping in God is not having warm feelings about God or thinking that he will give you success in whatever you attempt. You know, an example in pop culture is recently music producer DJ Khaled released his 13th studio album, which he titled God Did. The premise of the album is that God enabled him to have all the success that he had, which sounds good, right? Like, you know, we should give credit to God for success we have. I mean, that sounds good, right? But upon scrutiny, or a quick glance at all of the E's that appear next to the songs... We see that DJ Khaled produces songs that endorse, endorses what God says is sinful. So while DJ Khaled may think that he hopes in God, does God think that? What I want you to see is there's a difference between saying, you know, I hope in God or the man upstairs gave me this. But, and there's a difference between that and then saying, I don't understand what's happening. But I do know that God does and that he's faithful. And that's what this psalmist does. This psalmist does not twist God to fit his circumstances. Rather, he views his circumstances in light of God. That's really, really important. 
Hoping in God on his terms is not easy. I want this to be clear. We saw last time that the Christian life is one that is promised pain. The psalmist would not have taken the time to write this psalm if his hope in God had not made him uncomfortable. But hoping in God, it's absolutely worth it. The psalmist could have easily just, you know, given up and become like one of his captors. But that's not what he does. He does not give in. He stands his ground. The psalmist, like Moses, considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt or where he was captive. Look at Hebrews 11.26. That was a direct quote from there. This psalmist said, Sure, I can't really see how things are going to stack up. I can't really see where I'm at right now. But he knew that he had hope in God. Even when he couldn't see that hope, all he could see, he couldn't even see God hardly. All he knew was, was that God was faithful, so he trusted him. So the second point today is, how do we receive this hope? And I'd answer that by saying remembering. First, remember your longing. And I, I want to clarify, this is not just what I would say the answer to this is. This is what the psalmist would say too. Okay, so I, I just want that to be clear. That came out wrong. I'm kind of walking that back. What would the psalm, because my answer to that is not very important. I have lived for 17 years I am young and inexperienced, and chances are that my advice is not worth two cents. But the psalmist's advice is many thousands of years old, so probably listen to him. So first, remember your longing. That's the first thing that the psalmist does. He remembers his longing. He reflects on how badly he wants and needs God. Psalm 42.1, it's actually my favorite verse in the Bible because we see how the psalmist gets joy in life. He compares himself to a deer searching after water. And a good analogy for us, good metaphor for us now, would be, you know, a soccer practice or a football practice, the first one. So, like, I play in a Christian conference, so we, you know, there's not a whole lot of participation in sports just because of small school sizes so they have soccer in the fall and so when you first start soccer practice or it could be football practice it's really hot it's hot outside and the first practices of sports you know there's a lot of running and so water breaks are a treasure you know you're hot you're sweaty you need ice cold water if you've ever played a fall sport you know just how much of a blessing water breaks are. And that's what God is for us, but obviously infinitely more. When we live life, it can really wear us out. When we live the Christian life, there are times we got to deny ourselves, and that's hard. We have to accept who God is, who God is to us, and some, that's not easy sometimes because that means denying the flesh. You know, it, they're called spiritual disciplines because they're not easy. These are not spiritual desserts. These are spiritual disciplines. 
We don't naturally want to pray. We have to make ourselves pray, and then we enjoy it. You know, my youth pastor, he would compare it to running. You know, (laughs) running, especially if you've not done it in a while, is not something that you're like, yay, I get to run. It's like, oh, running. But eventually, the more you run, you know, the better it becomes, the easier it is, and the more you get to enjoy it. And that's the same with prayer, with Bible reading. Like, I didn't always enjoy Bible reading, but now I do because, you know, I put in that time. It's become a habit, and I need to read the Bible for my day to be complete. And prayer is the same way. I have to put in the work to, you know, really enjoy the benefits. And that's why, you know, just remember the longing that I have. That's a good motivation for me, especially when I'm going through a hard season, is just remember what my hope in life is. And that's God, because that's what the psalmist does. He's in a hard situation. He says, Lord, I long for you. Second, remember how God has been faithful to you. After the taunts of his captors, the psalmist looks back on his experiences with God, how he used to walk with many in the festive procession to God's house. One thing that helps in this area, you know, you could write down prayers because it helps to remind us of how God answers our prayers and he guides us. The psalmist remembered, you know, how God had been faithful to him and how he'd been able to go to God's house and rejoice in him. Remember times in your life that you were able to take incredible joy in God. It's really helpful to remember those times. You could set up, you know, keepsakes, whatever it takes. Just remember how God's been faithful to you. And the third thing we can remember is remember who God is. He's your Savior. That's what the psalmist says in the refrain. Put your hope in God, for I will so praise Him, my Savior. He is your Savior. He has redeemed you from yourself and your sinful acts and the punishment of sin. And He has given you new life. Remember that. You're free. And remember that He's your God. You owe everything to Him. Put your hope in God. For you will still praise Him because He's your Savior and your God. And finally, remember God's faithful love. Verse 8, the psalmist says, The Lord will send His faithful love by day. His song will be with me in the night. Remember that God's always with you. It's hard to see it, but if you are a Christian, if you have been saved by Jesus Christ and have submitted your life to Him, there is hope. And finally, remember to pray. It's okay to talk to God about your problems. God is not like, what? You're overwhelmed? God is not oblivious. He knows exactly what you're feeling. And sometimes it's embarrassing to admit to God that you're feeling it, but he already knows. 1 Peter 5, 6-7 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him, because he cares about you. That's such a good verse. Remember, it is okay to pray, And it's okay to be honest with God. It's okay to say, Lord, I've been struggling to trust you. Because God's been around for, he's outside of time for crying out loud. He is not taken aback by anything. Just trust him. Trust him that it's okay 
to see those blind spots, that it's okay to see the ugly parts in you because he created you. He knows who you are and he wants to he wants you to have the most joy in him because that brings him the most glory and that brings you the most satisfaction. This is a mutually beneficial situation. It is wins all around. It's not like God gains anything by you rejoicing in him. It just makes him happy. Seeing you, the child he loves, being at rest and at peace in him. So I would encourage you, just review a little bit. We've seen that the Christian life, it's hard. This psalmist, he was in captivity. He was separated from God. But what did he do? First, he remembered that there's hope in darkness. He had a hope in God, and that hope was not on his own terms. It was uncomfortable for him. It wasn't easy, but it was absolutely worth it. And he received that hope by remembering his longing, remembering how God had been faithful to him, remembering who God is, and remembering to pray. I would encourage you, meditate on this passage. Learn how you can have hope in God. You can still praise Him because He is your Savior and He's your God. That's it for this passage. I would encourage you to tune in next time as we continue our series in Psalms, The Greatest Hits. I would encourage you to check us out on our website, AdoptedBelievers.com, and you can tell others about us. You got friends? I hope you do. Tell them about our podcast. It's one of the best things you can do to help share go on facebook and share you can share our posts that's another great thing you can do but without further ado i will see y'all next time as we continue our study through the psalms